And welcome back to the after talk of Dicey Performance Apocalypse World. Hey, you guys. Hello. Hello. I assume the listeners have by now heard the ending. And if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing here? Go listen to the ending. I think your playlist skipped an episode. Yeah. Yes. Because we are going to talk extensively about the ending and about the campaign in general. So if you haven't listened to the episodes, spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. So go back, listen, and then come back here. All right? With that out of the way, what a fucking ending, you guys. Uh. <laughs> Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, pretty much. No, but I, I just realized at the end there when uh, Bright Spider was absorbing um, uh, Cindy Sweets. That, like, he, he's just given himself the biggest weak spot ever. I became a Resident Evil villain. Yeah. Like, straight up, a gl- giant glowing orange weak spot that if you shoot, it pops and the thing dies. Yeah, it's, it's great. Oh. Uh, I mean... The, Stress-eating the, candy. The, the, the double sixes that I got. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was intense. Mm-hmm. Very. And a good thing you got them, because there was a high probability... I mean, especially now that, like... Fluffy Betty switched sides at the very end. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, Betty? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, you well, don't like like when you ask the question, "What's my best way out?" You yeah. don't have to follow through. <laughs> like, no, but like it does make the most sense. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. so good though because it's like Fluffy Betty's and he's like, "I don't think I just gun yeah. gun don't work. What do? <laughs> hey, you should do this. I do enjoy being told what to do. Sure. <laughs> I'm not being paid to think, yeah. so I don't think I will. Is <laughs> It still holds, yes, definitely. Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Verona. I I feel I feel bad for you in this in this ending. Why? Well, because you just kind of got shot. (laughs) She sacrificed herself for a while. She did. She did. Yeah, like I was so useful. I was Mm -hmm. the end of Bright Spider, which was my goal anyway. So I'm glad. Also, you got to like. Literally, you. I think you have the highest kill count, except for Bright Spider. I mean, but to be fair, Bright Spider's kill count wasn't personally; it was just collateral damage yeah, by God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Verona got the highest actual combat kill yeah. count of this campaign. She also got the killed count. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How many bodies did you go through, like personally? Three. <laughs> I mean, well, like the last one doesn't really count because I was like still alive. You know, I wasn't dead dead. If you've literally just changed bodies, it fucking counts. Mm, okay, fine. Thrice dead. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's what life is about, you know? Well. Keep on living. So, so I want to talk a little bit about Apocalypse World and about mm-hmm. the campaign in general. Now, um... Some of you have played role-playing games before, but I think this was everyone's first venture into Apocalypse World, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And for some, your first venture into role-playing games in general. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so like, just just opening the table, what, what do we think about Apocalypse World? Mm, it's, it's a very fun system. It's very mutable by the players but that it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because occasionally it was very hard to tell where does my freedom begin and end as opposed to, you know, the... I mean, the DM privileges. Like, you are running the game. How much can I, like, start pushing against that almost since right, I was right. doing... 
I just want to highlight this to anyone listening. I was doing so much shit that isn't technically in the rules. Yes, so. it's it's fair to point out if you're listening to this and you haven't played Apocalypse World, we did a lot of tweaking to enable these characters mm. to to do the things they did, which made more sense for the story. Mm. Like, yeah. there is no move that is turned into a corpse spider. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. At least extensive use of the rule of cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, Vincent Baker, if you're listening, third edition Apocalypse World corpse spider. When question mark? <laughs> yeah. What about for you two, Verona Tielda, who like you who haven't played any role playing game before? I don't know. I was just doing shit. I don't know anything about the rules. I was just doing shit. Right. Same but it was here. fun. Yes. But like whenever I tried to do something good, I rolled bad and it just got super bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of fucked myself over, over and over again. Yeah. But it was like fun. Like it got me where it wanted. I was the end of Bright Spider after all. Mm. So it's true. I'm satisfied. I'm happy with this game. Very poetic that they were the end of each other in that yeah. sense because yeah. they continuously just pestered each other back and forth. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's a very that's a very good point. And yeah, I mean that's the thing with Apocalypse World is that like it doesn't really allow things to be better. Like rolling dice will is almost always a net negative. Yeah. For the campaign, which which works very well in this kind of setting where we did a very limited run. But if we were to try to do something longer, I think this would come to like fuck with us more mm. yeah. yeah but did you feel like you said you were just like doing things and and then the rules kind of happened do you feel like you have some grasp of of the rules now at at here at the end no <laughs> no <laughs> no I was gonna say maybe a little bit but not sure not sure yeah no. exactly not sure really mm. Which is also what I like, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of... Because that's the thing, right? Because like, uh, I run a lot of 5th uh, edition Dungeons & Dragons, and I run it with people who have played a lot of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, and what this, mean, blah, 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 what this means is that I don't need to like, keep check on, on which abilities people have or like when is a good opportunity to use an ability because they know it so much better than I do. Whereas in this game, I felt a bit like like the GM's role in Apocalypse World is to interrupt the players and tell them, now you got to roll <laughs> dice, basically. Uh, because it is much more freeform and much more like, I just do a thing. And then, you know, you look to the GM and be like, is, is this okay, essentially? Yeah. But like, mm. I, I, I found this game super frustrating. Yeah? Uh, like, almost... All the time. I mean, it was really fun, but like I was constantly tr trying to do stuff. And things would turn to shit. It's yes. like that. It's like <laughs> you can't do anything without everything getting worse. Like I just constantly had to change my plans because I don't know. Things happen. My, my plan died <laughs> or whatever. I find that I'm like. Honestly, at some point, I started guessing, like, is something wrong with my dice? Because I felt like, on on a net average, I rolled, like, half a success to a full success so many fucking times it's compared true. to the, yeah, everyone yeah, else true. here. 
And I'm wondering, like, I'm very curious to see what would happen to a lot of my plans if that hadn't happened. Because if I had had Verona's dice luck, I would have, like, psychically detonated my character episode three. Yes. And then I would be rolling with something completely different. It's true. Yeah. Like, like, the system is balanced so that you... On average, you get the partial success, but I do think you're right in that you rolled better than average most of the time. So, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, looking back on the episode where I was first realizing, oh, I can raise zombies, you know, by accident, uh, I'm pretty sure that out of, like, six rolls, four were full successes and two were partial successes. Like, it is nuts how much the, like, the, I was just like, flaunting any any form of like you know uh, what's it called statistics yeah and 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 that's the thing that i feel like i noticed in this game is that like only a pc can really stop another pc mm. in this game because as the gm i never roll dice um you, it's only you guys who roll dice which give you an inherent advantage in almost every situation whereas as soon as you encounter someone else who also has dice that's when the big problems come in. Oh yeah, I was doing fine until the other guys showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, do you feel, uh, moving on to like another topic of this, do you feel like you got what you wanted out of your character? Is there something you would want to, like being able to go back, would you have, would your role played differently knowing what you know now about like the game and about role playing games in general? No. No? No. You're pretty pleased? Yeah, I'm really pleased. Um, okay, really, maybe, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I am. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I am too. Like, I, I enjoyed Francois' little arc. Yeah. Turning into an eye zombie. Yes. And everything. I probably wouldn't have gone into the catacombs with only a knife and no body armor. <laughs> Maybe that will be smart. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that was the big discovery that a lot of you made towards the end was that how busted armor is in this system. <laughs> ne- like another campaign of this, er- like session one, everyone's buying armor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm, I wouldn't do anything differently. No? No, I'm happy. Yeah. Like, Cindy's just... Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Such a fucking character as well. Like, like n- I've, I've never in any of my campaigns had a PC say fuck you to God in quite <laughs> such an extravagant manner. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just, yeah. you know, normal Cindy stuff. Like, that's that's probably my proudest moment, getting to, like... Tell God to fuck off. Telling God he's an overdramatic bitch and goes, meow, 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 meow. It's just, I mean, I, I bow to you, madam. I, I feel like Thank it's you. a personal attack on me, <laughs> as that is how I run all my God characters. They're always like, mm, join me. Mm, I am the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen back to, um, in Shadowrun, uh, the conversations between Nox and the Beast. And you will realize just how much of a, like, flaunty sass bastard that all my gods are. And how much they deserve the ridicule that you gave them. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that I I would have done a fair few things differently as Bright Spider, knowing what I know now. Yeah. Because, uh, and listen, like, uh, for anyone listening at home, uh, Bright Spider was never meant to be the antagonist. 
No. Bright Spider, like, <laughs> I think you can hear that at some point in the season. I kind of pivot from trying to be, like, friendly and approachable, and, like, you know, trying to work with people to just, like, okay, everybody hates me and, like, views me as if I'm dressed like fucking the Emperor from Star Wars. I assume I just have to roll with this now yeah, cause, cause and go in, full in the, evil. In the very first episode, uh, Francois gets hurt, and mm. Bright Spider's immediate reaction is, I'm going to try to help him, and I'm going to try to calm the situation mm-hmm. down. Like... Helpful uh, dude. Yeah, but uh, besides that, it's also like Bright Spider ended up pretty isolated over a lot of the season. There was yeah. there was a lot more interaction between you and me. I'm pointing to Jacob, the GM, as opposed to me and the other players, because you were often off like gallivanting with each other, and the general assessment was "fuck Bright Spider." And I was like, <laughs> "That's your choice." It just gets lonely up here. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, and like final season also like final episode i felt like a lot of the time you know either i interrupted someone to scream something dramatic or like because i envisioned bright spider from the beginning to be like you know like a little bit suave a little bit slick carl car salesman will like give you a shtick about what he believes in i don't think he ever explained what his faith was about (laughs) besides the fire is bad (laughs) fire bad ice good join me essentially yeah 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 it became a little bit two-dimensional but a lot of fun to play and i agree and that i think that's the challenge of a campaign in general where the pcs don't have to be friends uh and even can become the antagonists like if you listen back um you might pick up on that in the very first episode, there is mention of a serial killer. Like, the very first thing that happens is that a serial killer gets, like, burned alive. Um, in my original plans of this campaign, and now we're going, like, behind the scenes, uh, the serial killer, the, the guy who got burned alive wasn't the serial killer. Um, he was just someone they caught to, like, smooth things over and calm people down. And I had planned this whole story arc of the serial killer and that being, like, the main focus. And then I realized that that wasn't something you guys were, like, engaging in. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. We have this guy, Ken. He can be the main bad guy. Dies in episode four. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, well, okay, I have one more, like, evil NPC, which which would be Kickshirt. But, but like, by that point, I had realized that my NPCs are not the antagonists of this campaign. Like, I don't need, like, we don't need GM characters to drive the drama. Like, you, the four of you are driving the drama just fine without them. If you put four dramatic bitches in a room with <laughs> microphones, like, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll discuss ourselves to death. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting um, because I've I've never been I've never had that in any campaign I've run before, and I think it's partly thanks to the system, but I think a lot of it is thanks to you and your willingness, uh, like the four of you, and your willingness to run your character like a stolen car and just be like, <laughs> "Fuck it, I accept the ice god's gifts," or like, yeah. But like, I I think that's something we we realized sort of at the same time you did. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the first few episodes, just a, lot, just a lot of talking, nothing really happens. And then, like, we had a talk that was, like, just do your things, try to make things happen. Right, yeah, and we had this conversation outside of yeah, recording, yeah. yeah. And, like, we just started doing that, and shit started spiraling out of control. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which was uh, awesome. But, like, I, I kind of wish we'd done that from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. 
things things picked up a lot of speed once everybody started like in- interacting with their own little schemes essentially yeah, yeah and i think that's what apocalypse world does best mm-hmm. is is the the little schemes like it it's it's not so much a let's go hunt for the MacGuffin kind of mm. storyline mm. or let's save the day because mm. uh, like you can't save the day in apocalypse world no it's, it it will not work um you can stick a band-aid over the bleeding uh, chopped off arm of the day yeah yeah, yeah. you just got to explode that or, or fix, that, it, yes. fix it with a creme brulee burner. Yes. <laughs> the best tool ever. Yeah. We got a lot of use out of that fucking creme brulee yes. torch, I gotta it's say. Mm. Um, yeah. Fun times. Mm. But I'm kind of glad, like, Bright Spider became the evil guy. Because, like, in the beginning, I felt like everyone just hated Cindy. I was like, oh, no, she's my baby. She's a great person. <laughs> and everyone was like, no, she's fucking terrible. And she's I, just I, using I, people and I, stuff. I think, yeah, and I think that switch, that was the, the like, switch point. Because in yeah. the early episodes, it's uh, Cindy who is the more isolated one. And the three of, uh, the, three of the rest of you, like, hanging out together. Mm. But something happened. Yeah. I I, th- I think I got tired of just be like the uphill climb at some point. <laughs> that and honestly, you'd be surprised over the wonders an undead army does for like your character motivation. <laughs> Once it was just like, by the way, you haven't. By oh, we kind of forgot about him mid combat, but didn't we? About the giant oh, ice oh, golem. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had I did ha- intend for him to be in that final room with us to be like because you know the symbol that he is found my my biggest boy, and <laughs> just kind of blanked on it. Honestly, though, <laughs> he just, uh, he if outside. you're listening to this and you thought that that was a plot hole, it wasn't a plot hole. You can only concentrate on one augury effect at the same time, and that was totally the reason why he wasn't there, and no other reason. <laughs> We did not forget him. Don't. What are you talking about? That's a relief. <laughs> also, I'm um, like, if if this hadn't played out the way it had, this I think this would have gone very okay. <laughs> if it hadn't played out the, the way it had, it'd gone differently. Yes, <laughs> but uh, because there's like earlier in one of the episodes where me and Jacob had been talking uh, just after the entire Ken affair, where he mentions uh, Bright Spider has put like bombs on the heating pipes. Yes. And none of you noticed or reacted. It said straight out. And I think we talked about that earlier, like, later, uh, that, like, you would have assumed someone would have, like, you know, cried havoc at that one, but fair enough. And I just kept waiting for the situation where you guys come, and he's like, okay, I win anyway. Click, boom. Yeah. That would have been a good callback if mm. if if you had done that in your like dying breath. Fuck you all. <laughs> I, I considered it, but like because <laughs> actually, you didn't really get had, you didn't yeah. get a dying breath because you got a dying exploding spider. <laughs> yes, yes. I had like I had this little like semi like cliff notes for a little monologue for Bright Spider. I figured like oh the spider will die, <laughs> oh, his no. corpse will be there on the ground, you know, melon headed, and he'll like you know through magic say a few gasping words, and then maybe like try to the remote but the river's frozen and nothing happens and it's just like okay my time is up you go boom fuck (laughs) yeah i'm i don't know partially i feel like that was like i'm very proud of the ending Mm. and i stand by the ending but i think in general like it it also got a little abrupt because of this and a lot of that has to do with the medium in which Mm. we're doing this in the like podcasting medium we only have so much time to do an episode and we didn't have enough material to cut into another one. Mm. So 
Yeah. But yeah, unfortunate. Oh, yeah. By the way, it played out, and no regrets on that front. Honestly, I went out in a blaze of glory. I, I'm sorry, I convinced Betty to shoot too. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, but in hindsight, it would have been nice some dialogue. I was real. Uh, <laughs> I was so like, like that, that's that's a story of bright spider. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my equivalent of like I kept making plans and they kept failing. Is I kept expecting people to interact with me and then they didn't. I was just like when you were like heading towards the cathedral, I was like, yes, finally they're gonna, gonna come to me. I'm gonna be able to like chew the scenery and bluster a little bit. We're gonna discuss. They're gonna fuck off. Climax of the climax follows, and then it's just like. His place looks shifty. We should not go in there. <laughs> Run! If you listen closely, you can hear, like, my spirit breaking apart a little bit. <laughs> it's it's like funny as well, mouth. because you go back, and the reason you go back is because you want to get an army, and yes. and then <laughs> the entire army gets stopped outside anyway. <laughs> yes. And then it's just us. Oh, yes. I mean, it, most of the armor kind of gets blasted by me as well. It's yeah. true. So, it's true. Uh, barbecue. The sheer, the sheer flamey fire takes care of it. Yeah. I will say that I was also really expecting the two of you to like walk in now and like talk with Bright Spider because I was like, yes, finally, like I get to like monologue a little bit. We get some back and forth, and then Betty just fucking shoots <laughs> Bright Spider from like three hundred meters away. I'm like. Well, there went my entire mouth. I think my my talking has been put on hold. Now, now you know how I feel when Ken got shot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. I that cried. Very good. good. I I do like the similarity between the fact that you know first we break into the this like heating plant and Betty just takes out Ken to like handle the entire situation and then you break into the the cathedral again and Betty just takes out Bright <laughs> Spider. Yes. Gunlugger OP. You got <laughs> I really expected her to like her to be the only survivor now infused with god and like with a very angry like supernatural spirit while she's just like could use a new shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't know if she dies, per se. We just saw her melting. Mm. Who knows? Fluffy Betty Jr., the sludge monster. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding away in the river. Fluffy Betty Jr., the angriest puddle you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, have you ever had a puddle rob you at gunpoint? <laughs> don't step in her. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, no. Uh, but it was, it was a trip, definitely. Yeah. Yes. I'm su- I'm surprised. Fra- didn't Francois have like the ability to poison someone? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. He, he did with. Um, uh, at least that's what I tried to do with kicking. Yeah, exactly. I remember. Then, then things w- escalated. Got weird. Uh, I kept expecting you to just suddenly off someone with it, and then like I was like, kick shirt, come to dinner. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah, well, you turn him into an ice on me. I was like, oh. Yeah, like that, that was my like what I was thinking too, because I was really itching to use that ability. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I picked it for a reason, mm-hmm. but I hadn't fi- found a reasonable target. Um, then, oh, Kickshirt, mm-hmm. he needs to get taken out. I'll kill Kickshirt. And, and you know the rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's. I, I kind of want to comment on that as well because. Uh, and this, like, this is my fault, uh, but the no, system. I, I mean, w- I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, not. No, no, I. I get that, but but more in general with Apocalypse World, in the like on a miss, prepare for the worst. On a miss, you have to make things worse. Sometimes, um, and this is because of the like improvisational nature. I didn't know Jens was going to invite Kickshirt, so you know we 
like adapt on the fly and this is true of a lot of situations um the the making things worse of it sometimes feels like i'm taking away your fun rather than than like twisting it and i think that's one of the big things i'm gonna take with me for future apocalypse world campaigns is that like when i as a gm have to make things worse still try to read in what the pc's plan was and and like lean to that because i don't know it was the same with um when um blah, 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 uh when um cindy sweets uh got her fire body and went and met francois uh and she rolled terribly and i was like oh well let's make this worse then and um that it kind of halted the scene more than and i'm i'm super nitpicking at this point but uh it kind of halted the scene i don't know if you felt that way or if this is just me uh rambling no not really i think no i didn't felt like it halted anything to be honest like it was a little what's the word sad yeah for me because I was like, ooh, I've got, like, new powers and I can do stuff. I have no idea what it is. But, hey, I've got someone to try it on. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think Cindy got what she deserved, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good attitude, too, yeah. <laughs> to go out on. Cindy was just built like a stack of TNT. Yes. Hell yeah. Firebomb. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, honestly, I... I it's, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier that i mean it was uh, uh was hard to get used to in the beginning but like then you just we just sort of learn to roll with mm. shit getting worse like making yeah just uh not getting too attached to our plans right yeah yeah because yeah, i i think that's that's part of the important bit is to like Kill Your Darlings is something that you talk about in, in like, writing. theater and writing and, and everything like that. And I think in order to play a game of Apocalypse World, you, you can't even have any darlings to begin no, with. Never. Like, <laughs> I learned the hard way. Yeah. 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 Like, I still had trouble killing Hellebore. Yeah. And I don't, you probably noticed, like, you can see my face, but I don't know if you could, like, hear it. But I had so much trouble killing her off because I was... She was my baby. Yeah. I, I, I so. do want to, like, I've, maybe that's just me, but doesn't say something ethically when you're like, you're perfectly willing to do this, like, psychic damage thing to her once to make her do what you want. So, like, she's still my baby and I care for her. I'm like, Verona, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. Thanks for asking. So much compartmentalization. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good person. Yeah. I just also yeah. do all this terrible stuff. But yeah. I'm a good person. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, so in a game like this... Uh, Every, killing someone is like very serious and and it it carries with it uh all the like emotional things but um it at towards the end it kind of became a stormtrooper situation mm -hmm. where like hellebore is a named character and therefore she matters and is important <laughs> but two like randos uh rando kick shirt people they're just stormtroopers you can yeah. just you can just kill them off there's no real emotional yeah. attachment to them. Yeah, I um, 
I had I kind of had to like justify that at a moment when I started doing what was essentially like based on like population scale uh, umu genocide when I just like went around like freezing and zombifying and murdering people and yeah. I was like Bright Spider pretty sure he's still a good person and doing the right thing <laughs> but he's killing an awful lot of human beings yeah and that's that's how it is like this was actually like in the scale of apocalypse world this was a very populated apocalypse uh which leans to these situations like i've heard apocalypse world campaigns where there's like there's literally 20 people alive we know each of their names and how they feel about everyone else and that makes killing a lot more impactful than than it was here where we had like a population of like at least a thousand yes in 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 total yeah. Yeah. Apocalypse World. It's a fun game. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about the future? Do we want to tease about that a little bit? I mean, I don't see a reason not to. And I think this will be the the last last little topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the end of Dicey Performance Apocalypse World Season 1. But we will be back with another season. And I think as of right now, uh, it will feature the same, uh, the same actors. Yes. Hell yeah. But we Super will do excited. a whole new apocalypse and a whole new characters. So exciting. Yeah. Prepare for Sprite Biter, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no. I will. If you roll Sprite Biter, I will kill him in the first episode. <laughs> Do I get to make a new one, or is it just like you're dead? Out. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna play Francis Blops. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys! I'm glad I hired such creative improvisers for this. <laughs> yes. How about this twist? Everybody plays like their first like second in command NPC that they make. You now have to give them a class and put them in a new setting. So they have to play Rolf Ball. Uh, that or the pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I think you'd make a good chaplain. Yes, I was just gonna say I can do that. He likes guns. <laughs> I I mean my big challenge to you is to play a character who's not big into guns. Yes, so. I know. I'm gonna be like, what? What do I do? What if Jolda played Cindy? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I really want to see Childa play a hocus. I want to see her stir a crowd into a frenzy. Hold speeches? No. No. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe go for the, the gang leader and see where Ooh. that takes you. Yes. Still quite violent. Yeah. I, I think I want to play someone who's not shit at combat. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a battle babe. I think me and Verona are gonna have to pick characters that aren't like immediately socially influential. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already kind of building up my character. I'd, so. I'd like the two of you to play friends. <laughs> Can we? Oh my god, besties! I'm not sure I'm good enough of a role player for that. <laughs> wow! How dare you? <laughs> Me and Verona are on good terms in real life. It, we are. Like, yeah. yeah, we are definitely. I just roast him every now and then, but he knows it's uh, just joking. <laughs> she has actually apologized at one point for roasting me so much, and then the next session was sentence was an additional roast before she caught herself. That's the level of insulting we're operating at. And we're so glad to have her along. Yes. Um, Thank does, you. Does anyone have any, any closing thoughts, any closing remarks before we wrap up season one? Um, 
It's been a bumpy ride. Really fun. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a blast. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Likewise. Never underestimate the power of a sympathetic villain. I'm sure the next campaign might have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wowie. Yeah, no, I've, I've also had an absolute blast. Uh, this has been so much fun. And I hope you, the listener, have had fun uh, listening to us and following this adventure along. And uh, I hope you want to come back. If you are still hungry for more role-playing, there are two whole seasons of Shadowrun available to listen back to, uh, featuring me as the Game Master, but with um, Joanna Velosa, uh, Evelina Kranz, Leon Scheerholz, and James Kitching as the players. Uh, so you can go listen to that while you wait for the release of Season 2. And if you've already listened to that, well, there's plenty of other good role-playing game podcasts out there. Um, and I think that's it. Again, thank you so much for playing with me. Yes, thank you. Our treat. Yeah. yeah. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Dicey Performance, which is a part of the Umeå Theater Company and Umeå Folkuniversitetet. This episode is edited by Jakob Sävsten, engineered by Lynn Olsen, Managed by Joanna Velosa, art is by Vincent Ekvall, and PR is by Alex Rader. And the project manager is Jakob Sävsten. You can follow us on Instagram at Dicey Performance, on Twitter at Dicey Perform, and to follow us on YouTube, simply follow that link in the description. Thank you so much for listening.